everyone. It's time for some more radio trivia. It's actually a rather special episode. Uh, with me this, uh, I won't say week, with me this time is uh, James <laughs> Jones, and he, uh, he proposed something a little special this time. Uh, so it's, I don't know the games, and he convinced me to use remixes, which normally I, I do not do. But we're doing something really special here. Uh, the way I look at it, it's we can use old games that we've used before. If it's a new game, uh, I guess it doesn't really count. But uh, I so, probably won't so, use it again. So they're not—they're not just remixes, though. I didn't just go to OC Remix and download some stuff. These are remixes that were on officially released discs, from, licensed by the original con- the game maker. Mm-hmm. So these are—these are essentially. In all cases but one, there, there's one specific case, I'll talk about that. They are albums that were available for sale, that were branded for the game that they came out with. So, uh, I'll give I'll give an example. There is... Mario Galaxy's music was symphonic. So it was recorded symphonic originally. Mm-hmm. However, if it had been done like, say, Sunshine, where it was not symphonic it was chiptunes for about lack of a better word and then nintendo had gone and recorded an album symphonically and put that on retail that would count however because galaxy was symphonic to begin with and the album they released was just the recordings from the original recording for the game it doesn't count okay and and similarly if we're talking about something like like the old tokyo philharmonic Stuff that wasn't an album that was just like one or two songs from a bunch of different right properties. So that isn't really a, a, a soundtrack or an album for that particular right. game. Conversely, if they went and put and you know contracted the Tokyo Philharmonic to do an entire album, then that was fine. There is there is one exception here, and I'm going to talk about it briefly. And that is there is a game listed here where it is. Not from a collection. It is from a themed album that released around the same time as the game that featured ga- games in a series. However, I have explicitly picked the games relevant to the time period the album was released, or the songs for the game relevant to the time period the album was released. And additionally, made sure they were the most recognizable songs for that game. You don't need to do that, but okay. So I don't know any of them. I'm, I'm in the dark. I'm going to be playing along. I wanted to be fair. So I, the first one I think is pretty easy, and it'll give you a good idea where we're going here. I'm playing the music, just so people know. I'm playing the music, but I cannot see any metadata. James has stripped all that out. So I really don't know what the music is. I'm playing along. Here we go.
I don't know. I know what it is, but well, I'll wait. Well, yeah, I did. I did. You know, I did say it was easy, easier, but there is there is much to talk about here. I think.
Well, great. There's a siren going off next door. <laughs> Can you hear that, guys? I actually uh, can't hear it, so maybe it's okay. All right, then. That That's... Ugh. <laughs> I like that. That's good. It's, it's kind of crazy something. Oh, there goes the siren again. There we go. So it's question time. This game has a couple well-known references to the N64 game. I'm giving some hints away here. Uh, Super Mario, or Mario 64. There is, however, a reference to another N64 game built into the game that can only be accessed using a cheat device that was put in uh, yes. for developing some of the control technology that this game pioneered. What game is referenced?
I did say the first one was fairly easy. Yeah, I mean, you could have been a, a real dick, except the, uh, the the question does help clarify things. It definitely is Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, that's all from one soundtrack? Yeah. The, uh, the, the album is called The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Rearranged Album. It is one of the two official soundtracks that were released in Japan. Yeah, there, there are a lot of these sorts of soundtracks out there. I don't really go out of my way to, to listen to them, so I, chances are I haven't heard any of these songs before. I mean, there might be one, I don't know. There, there's one you've definitely heard before. I will say. Okay. It, it, you know, it's funny because I, I didn't either until relatively recently there was a... And this game's going to come up, so we'll talk about it, but something caught yeah, my ear. And I, I had a hunch when you proposed this, one of the games you have, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. This whole album was arranged by someone or something that goes by the name Mocha that I cannot find any information about. <laughs> well, it's really weird because like that last one sounded like it was a real orchestra. Some of the other ones were just higher quality synth. Yeah, it was kind of a weird um, inconsistency there. Yeah, some of the some of the tracks on the album. So I listened to the whole album. Some of the tracks are. You can actually, it sounds like you can hear the N64 music and then they just threw instruments on top of it and said, I don't know. It's rearranged. Done. <laughs> it's it's a very weird album to listen. Like, I basically just sat here and listened to it. It's about, uh, I think it's about 40-ish minutes. And I just kind of sat there and sat through it and went, the heck am I doing? Because there's some, there's some stuff in there that's really odd. Well, that, that, that's that's kind of par for the course. A lot of those, I mean, they do these extended versions of them, and they add like whatever sections B and C when there might have only been a section A. Right, or they have to invent and, a bridge. Yeah, yeah. The, the Kotake and Kome theme, which was the second song, um, that was that was very synthy. But yeah. I actually went back and listened to the N sixty four version of that song because I'm like, did he do anything? And I'm like, oh, he did a lot to this song. It's, oh yeah, it's yeah, just that's it. I I forget how bad N sixty four music can sound sometimes, like how synthy it comes off and artificial. Very much so. Is there anything else you want to talk about the game or the soundtrack, James? I mean, it's it's awkward of time for crying out loud. <laughs> there's, there's, what there's, is there left to say about there's this game? a lot to say? But I think we've both said it. Yeah, good game. Yes. Only twenty dollars on 3DS. I, I I'm kind of eyeing it, but I yeah, I've played that game so many times already. Yeah, I mean, I have the 3DS remake. It's good, but yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a remake of a good game. It 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 had better be good. Yep. All right, well, let's go on. It's you know it's late where you are already. Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on to the next game.
melody sounds vaguely familiar. It sounds familiar, but I feel like it's just because it sounds big bandy. It is kind of like 3D World. Yeah, it, but, it is uh, very kind of 40s, mid 40s jazz band. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, yeah I, great. I, I really like this album. I, I think it's within my capacity to figure this one out. I just need more songs and maybe that hint question. Okay. Thank you. 
damn it, James. I was humming through half of that song, like, okay, I know the song, but I can't figure it out. Uh, yeah, I, I know this now. Um, it's interesting to see how much I'm king off of, you know, the original instrumentation or synth or, or whatever. And, and how, you know, when that's disassociated from the song, it's harder to place. Yeah. So the thing that I went when I was listening to these albums was I would often run the song and then run the original back to back. And you could hear times where the, the arrangement composer really wanted to show that, damn it, I have a music theory degree. And they would go, <laughs> they'd go way off and write these counter melodies that end up kind of dominating the original melody. Yes. And you'd sit there and go like, okay, you over embellished the song. In this case, embellishing the song sort of adds to what they were going for in the original composition. So it works out really mm-hmm. nicely. Yeah. Um, All right, hit me with the question. Sure, and if you're struggling, oh with, wait, wait, we didn't answer the question for the first. Game. We didn't. You're right, and the answer is Star Fox sixty four. Oh, God, you're supposed to let me say that. I'm God sorry. You're Do right. a barrel roll. But you did know the answer, so I. Yes, I did. I, in fact, I, I remember using the GameCube, uh, Game Shark, or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and putting in the code, it is hilarious. So what uh, is our it? Wings so they are flying around go. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it was put in there so they could basically have something to test Z targeting against. And if nice. you if you read the Awada asks they talk about Z targeting, they basically trace its origination to them going to a, a there's a there's a Toei animation studio um, theme park in Kyoto, and they basically trace it to them watching this ninja stage show and trying to figure out why a bunch of ninjas couldn't take on one samurai and the answer was they all kind of approach him one at a time after he squares up with them and that was that was the that's the, the trick on z targeting is that although link is surrounded by enemies if he z targets one the others go oh okay i gotta wait my turn hmm i don't know if i ever noticed that it's a very interesting a lot of asks to read actually uh, it came out in in conjunction with the release of uh, the 3d remake and there's a there's a there's a couple sick burns that a lot of drops on people, not least of which the uh, the reference to Skyward Sword still being in development at that point, um, which is very very casual. Um, Stranoma worked on the original Ocarina of Time and also Skyward Sword, which is still in development, and that's just the end of the sentence. It's like, oh yeah, that game was in development for a while, wasn't it? I forget that game came out after the 3DS. Sure did. Yeah, S- slow development cycle. But this game also has a trivia question. And if you're struggling with which game this is, it might help. Um, This self-proclaimed, quote, ace detective has a terrible pun for a name. What is it? You're really being very helpful with these hint questions. They don't get, they aren't as helpful as they get. Like, they're, everything is stacked based on how difficult I think it is. But I, I, there is, there is a, there's a secondary amount of this that makes this one a little bit more difficult. Let's just say. All right.
Okay, well, I know it's a Phoenix Wright game. Yes. The question is whether it's one or three. I think that third song was a version of the antagonist theme, so I'm going to go with Phoenix Wright 3, which is, uh, what is that, Trials and Tribulations? Trials and Tribulations. And it is Trials and Tribulations. All right. That's Godot's yeah. theme. That is. Yes. Yeah, main antagonist, yeah. Uh, I believe it is referred to as the theme of dark coffee. <laughs> yeah, okay. The, uh, they're... So there were two albums in play there. There was the uh, Ace Attorney meets orchestra and well, Gyakuten meets orchestra and Gyakuten meets jazz. Um, they, mm. they did two distinct like a year apart from each other. Oh, you're cheating. You're using two different soundtracks. I, did, I actually said at the beginning I can use multiple soundtracks. Okay. Oh, okay. I do it again later, by the way. So uh, okay. Uh, the 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 first theme, which I actually really like, is uh, Furio Tigre's theme, which is the original question was going to be about him uh, what was the name of his lending agency with his mafia backed loan shark lending agency oh jeez yeah I don't remember that I'll, see, I, I, I'll always remember the tender lender be- the tender lender because this this series is full of terrible puns like the one in the question well I mean I, I it's funny you bring this up because I, I was just mentioning a Faraday um Cage for the Mitsuo Marketplace I was at earlier today. Yep. Which is, of course, a pun used K Faraday in, I think it's Miles Edgeworth. It is in the, uh, it is in the Edgeworth games, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I'm as big a Phoenix Wright fan as James, but I, I'm pretty close. I, I don't think I'm quite there, but I've played, I think, all the ones that officially came out. Yeah. See, yes, I've only got the one up on you. That's it. Anyway, can you say the question again? Sure. This self-proclaimed, quote, ace detective has a terrible pun for a name. Bef- uh, actually, sorry, I forgot part of the question. Befitting his narcissism. What is his name? Oh. It's bad. It's, um, it's really bad. It's not It's not going to be Phoenix Wright. No. Um, it's going to be... Who's the damn guy who gets progressively more balded? Series goes on. Pain. Uh, oh, Gaspin Pain. Um, Gaspin Pain. Th- yeah, there's a couple different. <laughs> That's ones. not right. There's a couple, I'm, no. I'm not going to remember this one. Sorry. Uh, Go ahead. This one is Luke Atme. Luke Atme. That's right. Th- okay. This is the detective. He's, he's not a. He's a detective. I thought you said attorney. No, Ace. No, he's Ace Detective. Oh, I misheard you. So yeah. Okay. His, his, uh, I, okay. Well. His, oh well. His great contribution to the series is his catchphrase, which is just Vari, which then for the rest of the series characters say apropos of nothing. And if you didn't play that game, you have no idea why they're saying it. They just look like idiots. He's look at me. He's from the third one. He is. Man, I would have thought the second one had all the crappy characters in it. No. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, the series. The series has crappy characters for all of its entries. All right. Yes, Zvari. In fact, I forgot that that was what they were referencing yeah. when I was playing it later on. I'm like, wait, why are they saying that? So there, I, when I played the the second the second Edgeworth game after it got you know fan translated, they they're still referencing that, and the and those players weren't even around for the events. Like they picked it up from other characters or something. Nice. Oh, that this series is, is just. It's up inside itself in a lot of ways. Let's put it that way. But 
Capcom actually did a lot of albums for the for this game uh, for for the series. They they've put out albums for every game. Then they put out this symphonic and jazz thing, and then I think they actually did symphonic albums for each of the Edgeworth games, which is just just way over the top. But at the same time, that that jazz album is really good. That jazz album is really good. Cool. Well, uh, yes, uh, James and I are both big fans of the Ace Attorney series, and um, if for some damn reason you haven't played them, go find a copy of the, the trilogy all in one pack. Well, yeah, it's on the eShop. You can just download it. Yeah, just just do it. Yeah, and it's it looks nicer. It looks a lot nicer than the like I compared the two, and oh wow, do the new art do the new art, do the new art assets look much better? Really. Yeah, well, because they're okay. they're from the iPad version, which of course had a much higher resolution screen. Right. Okay. Alrighty. Well, uh, we're gonna go into the next game here. Let's see. I'm. I guess I'm two out of two right now, at least with the uh, the games. Maybe not the questions. So, not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Do, doing well. They're getting. They're gonna get a little bit more difficult now.
Well, I have a pretty good idea what Yulhas this is in, but uh, I'm not sure I'll get the exact game. Really? So I don't have a ton of experience with the series, so I'm impressed already. Oh, I might be wrong then. I may be way off then. <laughs> we'll see. Awesome. We'll see if I'm confidently way off. <laughs> it's the best kind of way off. Reinforcing my hunch. And you, you could totally be right. This isn't 
it, this isn't an unknown series. Let's put it that way. You, you, oh, so you're giving away it's a series. Yep. Okay. Yep. Damn it. Well, you, you'd kind of already said you weren't, you weren't sure which game it was. And I was like, okay, yay. I mean, I can, I can put in the text what I think it is right now if you want for posterity. I, I'll, I'll take, I don't, I don't distrust your honesty. Of course, the, 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 <laughs> the question gives away that it's a series as well. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, go yeah. ahead. This would be the last entry North America would see for quite some time. What was the next numbered entry to, re- to be released in North America? Oh. That is it. I think it tells me it's a different game than I was thinking. Oh. Slightly. 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 Okay. James, thanks. Now no one will be impressed that I knew it was a Dragon Quest game. Well, I, I'm fairly confident you knew it was a Dragon Quest game before that song played. I want people to feel like they have a good chance here. So if they hit a song at the end in a series, I'm not. I don't worry about giving away the series. Which game is it? So I've only played one, two, and eight. One and two being on my Game Boy way back when. Um. I have to dig back into my my brain on other Dragon Quest games that have been used in the show. So, three definitely came out in the U.S., but I think we used four with Jonathan Met, so I'm going to go with Dragon Quest Four. You are correct. It is Dragon Quest Four or Dragon Warrior Four. Dragon Warrior Four. Yeah, this was the last game to come out in North America for a while. They they um. Did they come out with 7? Did 7 come out in the U.S.? In limited distro? Is that the answer to the question? It is. Dragon Quest 7 Fragments of the Forgotten was the first game to come back to North America. Yeah. Alright, yay. I barely know anything about this series, but I figured it out. 
I guess I shouldn't say that. I, like I said, I, I played one, two, and eight. So, but and not a whole lot changed from no. two and eight. I uh, mean, the, the series the series is conservative in the extreme in a lot of, but I mean that's part of its appeal. So in that way, it, it yeah. works for the series. Mm-hmm. It allowed Enix to be more forward acting in some of their other games that they put out. I mean, you have things like sure. Seventh Saga, which are which is pretty different from the stuff that they were making. You have um, shoot, their city their city building slash. Actraiser? Yeah. You have Actraiser. You have Actraiser 2. Actraiser 2, which, what, what, what was the catchphrase? None of that dumb, yeah, no, uh, none of that dumb overhead bullshit. <laughs> yeah, none of that dumb stuff that made the series distinct. Let's make a shitty Castlevania. Uh. Yeah. It's so, it, it's like they, they had this, this one core franchise that impelled them forward by not changing, which is a weird thing. And then they were able to do stuff on the periphery. This kind of sad footnote here is that this was the last, at least the last major game put out by Enix USA before it was shut down, which is why we, at least part of the reason why we didn't get five and six, and then the series uh. didn't make a return till the PlayStation era, where it was still Dragon Quest. Nothing changed. Was that after Square and, and, and bought out Enix? No, and in fact, Enix was the primary financer in that deal. Enix had all the Skrilla because Square was still smarting from their their ill-fated movie ventures and the decision to open a studio in Hawaii where it's very affordable to run a studio. (laughs) They only had Japanese people there, that's why. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's why. Presumably. Yes. But, um, in this case, this was the the last one to come out. But that album is so good! Like, wow! I, I, I have very little experience with the Dragon Quest franchise. Um, this particular one, Symphonic Suite Dragon Quest IV, guided people. Now, was this released um, con- contemporaneously with the game? It was. It was released in March thir- on uh, March 13th, 1990. Oh, wow, because, you know, it sounds very much in the same style as Dragon Quest VIII soundtrack. So, here's... You put them by each other, and they're basically the same. Here's an interesting thing. In terms of quality. So... There are a lot of Dragon Quest Symphonic albums. And in fact, four, three, and maybe even two each have two. One done uh-huh. one done by the NHK Symphony and one done done by the London Philharmonic. Why? I don't know. Interesting. Well, because Japan loves their Dragon Quest. They do. And in fact, they're quite performance-wise, they they do sound different. Um, the quality of the recording is much better in the the London Philharmonic ones. Um, you know, there, there was kind of a flatness to the sound in this one. Like, the sharp notes, they would come out, but in general, like, everything was recorded sort of down, which is fine. Like, there's a, there's a stylistic reason for doing that, whereas in the London one, it sounded much more like the individual instruments had been microphoned, and then in post-production, they had mixed them. But what's okay. interesting about it is that there's, they put these albums out relatively contemporaneously for both, and they did very different takes on the music. So this one this one sounds much more like you hear the normal Dragon Quest music, whereas the... We talked about the idea of the composer, oh, I've got this music theory degree, I'm going to use it. Right. The London one is much more active in that, and it's it just has a very different sound. Um, I, oh. I, I actually kind of like the London one better, but the NHK one felt more... Um, Authentic. Yeah, so that, I went with that one. Yeah. And of course, of course, I picked the one that was harder to track down music for because why wouldn't you do that? But it's it was a two CD track, and like they had these arrangements on the front, and then the back half was just the original music, which is a weird thing to put together. But it 
you know, they did it four or five times. Like, they did it for five as well, I think. So, I guess it worked out for them. And they're still doing it. They still put out these albums for these Dragon Quest games, because the new Dragon Quest game is a big deal. You know, I, I think that, like, for Dragon Quest VIII, maybe that the original Japanese release was... Um, was using uh, synth, and then they did this orchestrated track, and then when it was released in the U.S., they used the orchestrated music for just the game itself. I could see that, because... I, I'm, I, I may be wrong there, but I think that may be what happened, because it certainly was orchestrated, full, basically fully orchestrated when I played it on my PlayStation 3. For 8, they wanted to really come out of the gate swinging. Like, they had seen what having these big production values was doing for JRPGs of the PS2 era, and and even the late PS1 era. And they really wanted to come out and, like, we're going to wow people. And, of course, when you're dealing with the Kiri Toriyama design character models, there's only so much wowing you can do. Like, they can look nice, but he same-faces everybody. (laughs) So you're not going to have a situation where you've got these really, you know... All of his characters are colorful and vivid and and cartoony, but if you think about what was coming out somewhat contemporaneously to that, you've got things like, you know, Final Fantasy X, which which isn't cartoony, really. Actually, eight. You may have been dealing with eleven and twelve, but but you know, it's not as cartoony as the stuff you had seen. Some of you had kind of seen the start back on the PlayStation era. And Square Enix was really the primary driver here because they were just going to throw good money after bad in every game. But Dragon Quest has this style that feels very old. Because it is. And so they really came in with everything else. You know, heavy use of voice acting. um, You know, really vivid color palette. They really went hard on the cell shading. So So putting symphonic music on that especially in the West, where they had to actually earn the money versus in Japan or whatever. They could put out anything but Dragon Quest on it and sell a million copies. Like, I can see that making sense. And then, of course, mm-hmm. I can see them rolling that version back to Japan and calling it a special deluxe edition. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> Buy it again! Very nice soundtrack, Dragon Quest Eight. It is. It's been a long time since I played it, but uh, at the time, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I heard that 3DS version's not so good. So I might need to go find the PS2 version. All right, James. So I'm three out of three, then? You are three out of three. Sweet. You, you actually are being pretty generous here so far. Right? Uh, pretty. I would not have put that third song in there. No, I, I, I wanted it to be clear what series it was if you didn't already know. I figured if you recognized the first two songs, you already knew it was Dragon Quest Four. But the next one, not quite so generous. I don't remember if you played it or not.
God damn it, I can never remember the name of this game. So I ran downstairs, <laughs> shuffled through my collection, and I got the game in front of me right now. So let's enjoy the music together, shall we? Let's.
So this game has a really distinct string synth instrument. It does. It's really weird to hear these songs without that. Yeah. It, it's, it comes off... Well, the whole game has a very melancholy feel to it. And, and the music kind of... Kind, the first song especially gets there. This, this one's a little bit different. And I think you're right. The synth string sort of preserves the melancholiness. Where this one, I just worry about the poor pianist who's trying to play this song. Mm. But I have a question. What's our What's our question here? Yeah, the game's key MacGuffin is a magical book presented to the main character start of the game. What is it called?
Well, um, again, I'm not as big a super fan as you of this game. No, understood. Though uh, it takes a lot to be that big a super fan. Um, I do have this music on my phone, though. So oh, okay. I guess that makes me kind of a fan. Um, this is uh, Radiant Historia. It is. Which, uh, I can never remember the name of, so hence why I ran down <laughs> and grabbed the box. Because I, I always conflate this with Radiant Dawn or Path of Radiance, like Fire Emblem games. Oh. And so I'm like, no, that can't be the right name. So it's Radiant Historia, the, the DS game that uh, you're time traveling and, and stuff. Yes. I, I, I admit I am... I'm a big fan of this game, but I've also not gone back and played it because it's so very long. It is. I I, I, I kind of consume this probably in the way people would think you consume games. Uh, it's all one big blur. Um, I, I really couldn't put it down when I started playing it. Um, yeah. Kind of like the Phoenix Wright games, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I just... I'll be honest with you, James. Right now, I'm so burned out on RPGs. Not even that I've played that many of them. I just... I just can't get myself to play any right now. I, I I think Xenoblade X really put that nail in the coffin. I stopped playing it and just do not want to go back to it. Ugh. Well, this one makes you put the work in, too, because even the, the yeah. regular enemies are a pain. Oh, my God. They're worse than the bosses. They, oh, yeah. The bosses take a long time, but they're not hard. You can get killed just sort of randomly by some random enemy later in the game. Yeah, oh, totally. It's, like, you have to be... That's pretty unbalanced. Usually, so usually what it is is when you're playing these kinds of games, if there's, like, a deeper strategy system, you really only have to worry about it during the bosses. In this game, they make you worry about it with every enemy, and the problem is the bosses... I'm guessing at one point there was a build of this game where the bosses were just miserable, and they just told, like, no, you've got to tone that down. And they did, and the bosses are now actually relatively easy... And the enemies are impossible. I, I just seem to recall cheesing one or two different you know, sequences of attacks that seemed to work pretty well. The, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's some combination where you would stun them or something. There's a little bit here that looks like Bravely Default, which came later, about how you would play with the order of turns and like sort of combine yeah. things to get in there. And yeah, there are some combinations that are just unfair. There, there's you get you get this Satoros in the party later, and she makes the stage explode essentially. And you can sort of chain her attacks, and then put mm-hmm. the rest of your team behind her, and just basically undo all the damage everybody took, waiting for her to get everything chained. And that's just incredibly unfair because you just inflict damage, 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 and it stacks, and it's too much. But yeah, there is some there's some stuff here that's just like the combat system is really good. But the game makes sure you know it. It does. And yeah. and maybe maybe they could have been a little less proud of the system they built. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, I confess I sort of cheated, James, and look at the instruction manual and remember the name of the book. <laughs> it's uh, it's the White Chronicle. It is. Um I do, I do kind of like how the game basically says, "Look, here is this this thing. It is your 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 time travel doohickey." But at the same time, like it kind of, it's a good symbolic representation of it because as you go through the game, the book gets filled out, and that becomes your jumping off points. Like yeah. it's it's a it's a neat little story conceit. It's not super original, but I just like this game sort of non synchronous plot and the fact that it gets filled in as you go helps you sort of piece it back together as you play through it. 
But to your point, I consumed this game in the same kind of blur way, but I had it for review, so I had to just burn through this game. And it took a lot out of me, physically and, immense, and mentally and emotionally, because this game will kick you back, and if you didn't save, well, that's a bummer. You should be save-scumming this game the entire time you are playing it. I want to say this might have been, like, the first game I played on my 3DS. It was around the same time. It was. It was super late, and I think I may have played it on my... Uh, no, I was playing it on the XL, but it, it, it was pretty close. I mean, it was a very late game, and if you got the second run of this game, I think it was post-3DS. This game's soundtrack, though, to get to the, the, the meat of the show, is a, is a Shimamura joint, which is why you have all the synth strings and stuff. And it's, a, it's really good. This, this piano rendition of it is interesting because there's kind of like this weird flattening of her music into, you know, when you take it down to one instrument. Even something with the piano where you have that kind of flexibility to hit as many notes as you have fingers there's still sort of like the wall of sound gets compressed down because, I mean, the the penis can really only hit so many keys at one time. And some of the songs worked well in the arrangement with it, especially the second, uh, the first one where they sort of made it this really kind of melodic but dark song. And then the, the, the third song is kind of the same way. The, the middle one, which is I think is a battle theme, yeah. doesn't quite work as well because it's it's trying to do so much through one instrument that it's it's kind of pushing the limits of what they can do there I, I don't really think of the piano as sort of the instrument to deliver that kind of that kind of I mean it works it's just when you think about what that song originally was it kind of takes something away from it I don't know but the other two I think work out pretty well this the whole soundtrack though it's I think it's six seven songs the other ones just don't work which is a, like these are the three that actually worked out of it, but the other ones are kind of, eh, which is a bummer. Um, but this this album I don't think was ever sold sold in Japan, but it was given away as promotional for the game. Um, and then ultimately in the West, they well in North America because the, the game never came out in Europe, they bundled it with the first edition of the game, um, which there weren't a lot of. And then everyone after that did not come with a disc. We had to go to the internet. Yeah, mine, I don't think mine came with a disc, but I, I got it. After people said it was so good, so I, I kind of jumped on it before it became hard to find. Yeah, um, they did do another run late, um, definitely post 3DS, but they just never got this game to Europe, which is a bummer. Um, that that's old Atlas. New Atlas gets their games to Europe within six months of them getting to North America. So good on them. Um, maybe one day, maybe one day. Yeah, with that Sega brand taking over now, though, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It's true. They're going to make Sonic games all the time. Sonic and Etrian Odyssey at the Olympics. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, one last game here. Uh, I kind of have a hunch of what it could be because it seems like you can't do a remix without the soundtrack, but um, I have not heard it yet. So uh, I'm waiting for the music that I'm expecting, but maybe it's not. <laughs> I'm glad I'm predictable. <laughs>
Well, I was wrong. I thought for sure you were going to use that Chrono Trigger batshit insane uh, soundtrack, but oh, uh, yeah. it's not that. No, that, yes, I did. I have heard that, but I, it, I didn't think of it until after we'd actually started and thought, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, some folks on the NWR staff actually bought a copy of that for me. That vaguely sounds familiar. I, I have it. I didn't buy it myself. Um, anyway, that's not what this is. I, no. I, I kind of have an idea what range of games this could be, but uh, the, that's uh, that's about all I'm at right now. You know, I said I felt bad for the penis in the previous one. Yeah, that's, no kidding. <laughs> like, and that thing is syncopated. Like, what? I, I, I spent a while trying to figure out if that was one person or two. Because I could totally see splitting that song, but it's all, I mean, like, it's its very much two hands. Like, the entire part is very much, it's left one, it's left hand, right hand, so that's just a really good pianist. The internal clock on that is really nasty, though. Ugh. Well, song two.
obviously from the same soundtrack. Mm. No, there, there are two. I'm there are two. You there. there are two albums in play here. Yes. Okay. Both for um, the same game. Yeah, well, that, that game definitely sounds like, or that song sounds like a product of a particular company. Um, <laughs> it, it sure does. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a pretty good idea of amongst a few games what, what this might be, but um, I thought about just being a real monster and giving you the same song from the soundtrack twice, like the two different soundtracks, and just be like, "All right, here it is. Did you not get it the first time? Well, here it is again." I feel like we've done something like that once before, but. Uh, yeah, please, thank you. Please if and there, thank you. If there was a third soundtrack, I definitely would have given you it three times. Like, what, uh, you still don't get it? Here's that same song a third time. Here we go. But there is a trivia all, question. All right, all right, James. Uh, yes. Give me the hint question to help me narrow down which game this is. Yeah. An easy scenario doesn't just make the gameplay easier. It also remixes all of the content to do what? Hmm, that doesn't help. Okay, uh, last song. I'll, I'll, I don't think I'm going to get this one right.
funny you mentioned um, Chrono Trigger because I just realized the instrumentation of that particular song is very Chrono Crossy. Hmm. Like it, it trends very, very deep into the same kind of place that goes, um, which is interesting because it doesn't share any musical lineage that I could think of. <laughs> well, this sounds very Mega Manny to me. Um, the question is, which one do I want to go with? It's got to be X or later. Okay. Uh, I don't think you would be some sort of cruel, cruel person to do like some remix of Zero Two or something crazy like that, but I'm not a big Mega Man <laughs> expert. Um, so I'm going to go with, given that I've played most of, I think all of X, I don't really recognize the music. Played a little bit of X2, didn't recognize the music. I, I gave up on that game. I'm going to go with Mega Man X3. Ah, I finally got you. Um, what is you, it? You are on the right path, though. It is a Mega Man game, but I'm actually a worse monster than you thought. This is not Mega Man Zero Two. This is Mega Man Zero Collection for the DS. Oh, I was pretty damn close. Come on. No, uh, oh, no, you were, you were, you were quite close, actually. Capcom is so the the hint here, really, more than anything, is that Capcom went to the well for this kind of thing a lot in that same era. Because remember, those the Ace Attorney games were also GBA games. Sure. Sure. Um, they actually put out a remix album for every Mega Man Zero game of the four that came out year year after year. Oh Lord! So it was the uh, the remastered tracks Rockman Zero, and then the sequel was Rockman Zero Idea, Telos, and Physis. But then when they put out the DS collection a couple years after the, you really are that much of a monster! My God! They went out and put two albums out specifically for the collection. One was another remastered track, Mythos, which is all new remixes, and then there was this other one called In Resonance, which is where the song 1 and 3 came from. And they were basic, based around the idea of, what if robots became acoustic music? And I swear, that is how they describe it. I, I did not make that up. That is how insane Capcom was at that period in time. Um, but yeah, I, I am that big of a monster. But here's the thing. Like, I very explicitly didn't pick my favorite songs. I picked songs that were recognizable as being from, like, two of them, I believe, are the opening themes to their game. Like, what hit, what hits you on the menu. So, okay. like, very, very clear, like, these are from different games. And, all, and I think it's one, three, and four are represented here. Um, which well, Given they haven't played any Mega Man Zero fair, games, fair. I, I think it's... I got pretty close. You did, no, I'm I'm impressed. Um, it's it's the second song is the only one that sounds really properly Mega Manny. No, the first one to me really struck of Mega Man to me. Oh, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's actually and that's a that's a game theme. So you're right. That one's pretty Mega Manny too. It's it's a bit you know kind of subdued in its pianoness, but of course the middle song. No, the the chords and composition came through. It, it was uh, Mega totally. Man. Yeah, you're right. The, the the second one really gives you kind of what system you're dealing with, I think. Like, to me, that was like, this sounds like an up GBA game. And that's exactly... I mean, to me, to me, oh, to me okay. I don't know. Just sound like Capcom remix stuff. <laughs> Capcom was really big on these for some reason. Um, and, like, for franchises, you would be kind of like, why, why did you bother? But they did it. Um, so, so, the question... I'm guessing you don't have an answer for this. Uh, can you say the question again? Sure. The easy scenario just doesn't just make the gameplay easier. It also remixes content to do what? And knowing this is the collection might help here. Um, it allows you to play as, like, the original Mega Man? No, he's, he's still a bad guy. 
Um, it actually strings the content of the four games into a single experience. So as a, so, you can play them like go, go from a menu, play game one, play game two, play game three, play game four, or you can play them in easy mode, and and your zero sort of progresses through the the four games. And I think he keeps a lot of his upgrades that he picked up in the other game. The easy mode of this game is very easy compared to the series, which is notoriously difficult. As I reminded myself just recently. Um, but yeah, this is actually the one that that kind of made me think about this because the uh, the in resonance tracks, and I didn't include my favorite here because it's it doesn't help at all. It's it's kind of it's it's a it's a chamber. I want to say it's a two violin viola cello chamber group based on listening to it, and it's it's a waltz. And they took a they took a Mega Man Zero theme and turned it into a waltz. I thought that was very clever because it was still very clearly that song, and it had sort of the same emotions, which you don't normally tie into a waltz. But it was like it was a villain's theme, and they they the chord progression worked in such a way that you could you could actually put it to a waltz tempo, and it would work. And it was a neat remix. And I thought about you know. Why does Japan do this with so many games? Because if you notice the other trend, all of these games are Japanese. And all of these albums originated in Japan. It's a very Japanese thing to do at the Tower Records, I guess. And I, I spent time just sort of going through and listening to them. And I picked the what games that were had a good chance that people had played most of them. Um, but there were a lot of games that I was shocked to see had remixes. I think, like, Giftopee was one of them. Giftopia, as they, as they always said it in the ad. Giftopia. Um, <laughs> like, there was a bunch of games that I'm like, why? Did, did, this, did this game call out for that? Um, I think Doshin had a soundtrack that was released that was released in stores. I believe that. A 64DD game that nobody played. It's insane to think about. But, like, these things happened. And it's just... It's a weird part of how Japan consumes video game-related content. And... It's something that's fallen by the wayside as more and more games are sort of set to CD audio because there's no need to sort of say like, okay, this is what we did on the limitations of this chip. What would it sound like if we could really blow it out and go crazy? Because if they wanted to now, Capcom could have put, you know, orchestrated music in Ace Attorney 5. They just didn't because it was a money thing. And now it's just, if we want to do it, what you get are those like symphonic concert performances where they string a bunch of games together and the studio is not the studio making the game is not on the hook for any of it it's it's composed by somebody else it's performed by somebody else and they just sort of bundle it onto an album and sell it so it's kind of a weird thing that stretched you know roughly from the famicom era to maybe mid ds lifetime because there are a couple of ds games got the same treatment because you could do mp3 audio on the ds but yeah it's expensive yeah, it forced you into more expensive cart sizes. Whereas on the G- on the 3DS, if you're still making games for the 3DS, you're a Nintendo. But the cart sizes are much bigger, and so you could stick MP3s on there and be fine, or use even better, newer, tighter compression methodology. But it's it's kind of this weird like era of I don't know 20ish years where these games just got music soundtracks just it's just something that happened on the regular and also how we consume music had changed well before that you know even the gba life cycle mp3s were, were a thing and albums were starting to fall away but in japan that didn't happen the same way 
It's just a different culture, and that allowed these things to continue to thrive much later than you would expect to see them. So it, it's kind of a weird, like, probe into what Japan, how Japan consumes their games, and I kind of, I went real deep, and I thought about making this an RFN segment, but realized, like, I'm the only person who would care. And then I was like, well, 2IP might care. Like, this this goes more into his alley. And it, this show might be better format for kind of, you know, spending time with that weird subculture of Japan that, sadly, I don't think we're going to get to see a lot of anymore. I'm sure your Dragon Quest will still get symphonic performances, but, you know, you're not Ace Attorney, um, Gakuten Saibon, whatever, Daigakuten Saibon, probably didn't get a symphonic album. It got an anime, but it also is... I mean, that's whatever. It's it's kind of just a weird place these things are going. I mean, heck, Mega Man can't even get a game, let alone get a symphonic recording of his game. So, yeah, I, it lasted a lot longer than I would, you would have expected. And it, it started really early. I mean, there, there are Famicom CD remixes out there. I mean, if you just go into Akihabara and just browse random used you know, CD stores, you'll find that kind of crap. Well, I mean... Dragon Quest 4. I mean, Dragon, Dragon Quest 3, 2, and 1 all had symphonic performances. Uh, one, one, one's was later, though, because I don't think they realized what they had. But 2, 3, and 4 like, had multiple. Like, that's that's insane. Like, that's, that's a really crazy thing to think about. But yeah, especially on the Famicom, because they had so much less to work with. Like, they, they had... So Famicom music sounds better than NES music. But even then, like, they had so much freedom to interpret and sort of push these songs in different places. Um, there's there's some stuff from... There's some stuff from the uh, Castlevania series that's, that's really kind of crazy when you listen to it. And you could still hear, like, the sound... The people making these games had a vision for this music that they just couldn't deliver. And you don't start seeing it till like, Turbo CD comes out. And they're just completely lifted of any inhibition. And you start getting things like the Dracula whatever Dracula X is called on Turbo CD. And it's crazy amounts of music, and they're just throwing sound effects in there because they can. Like, there's a door opening in one of the songs. It's like the sound of an old wooden door going, just because they could do it. And you would think that would be where it ended, but it just kept going. Even There are even PlayStation games that could have had CD audio that got these sort of recorded remix tracks that came with them. Um, I'm sure Final Fantasy VII had one. You know, in some cases, you know, they have ideas of things they could do, but it doesn't really fit the game pace or whatever. You know, right. I can kind of understand that in some cases, where it's kind of the extended version where the song is the feature instead of, um, you know, the background. Right. But uh, in some cases, that's arguable. In other cases, it probably isn't. Yeah. So it's a worthwhile thing to do. Yeah. And the, like the Ace Attorney ones, you don't really. That game sort of sets the scene with its music a lot, but only really in court does it actually sort of push it to the front. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Thero Tigre's theme in there. Like, the, you know, that's a really cool song, but I never noticed it in the game because I was too busy looking at his coat with a giant tiger on it. Like, like so, seeing those... that I mean, it's the same song. It's just given kind of a nice swing beat to it. Like, seeing these songs kind of given a life outside of just being background noise is, is kind of cool on its own and seeing how many of them actually just kind of stand up where they're sort of given this full production treatment especially the early music the stuff from Dragon Quest 4 I was really impressed by so yeah I, I, 
I appreciate getting well, the opportunity to throw these out here because. No, th- thank you for. I mean, you did all the work for me, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I gotta edit it. That, that's a lot of work. You but, have to edit. Editing but, is a lot of work. It is. Yeah. But uh, th- thank you for putting this together, James. I, I know. Uh, you know, I know this was not a, a, a standard format episode. We bended the rules a little, but I, I think it was a lot of fun, and I, hopefully the listeners uh, enjoyed uh, this kind of variance. Yeah. Uh, of it, I don't really want to, you know, do this all the time, and I don't want to delve into OC remix world no. stuff. I, I kind of like doing the original uh, soundtracks, but uh, you know, this is, this is a fun venture, especially. Uh, and given these are official, official. That's what uh, that's releases. what my, the appeal is to me. That these are official. These aren't like a fan of the game went and made their own music. This is this is something that the creators of the game said yes. This is what, which for that Zelda one is crazy, because there's some stuff on there that's pretty nuts. But it's, or in some cases they produced it. It's, you know, I just, it's just kind of a neat way to that. that they thought, you know, the music in this game doesn't get enough, so let's push, put it out there. Let's really give it, you know, the proper presentation. James, is there anything you would like to plug before we well, uh, close out the show? I do occasionally appear on a podcast. Um, it's called Radio Free Nintendo. Um, we <laughs> what? We, we, we might have an opening if Mitomo continues to do what it's been doing to the show, so send your application. Who's your daddy? Who is your daddy? Who's your daddy? What's worse is, like, that's his greeting now. So, like, when he just shows up at my house, Guillaume is disappointed in you. It's like, oh. oh no, that's how he leaves. That's the, that's the thing he says when he leaves your house. Guillaume is disappointed in you. Thanks, John. Wait, that's what John says when he leaves? Yes. Oh, Lord. I'm so glad I have not downloaded that application. It's the worst. It is not necessary. It's the worst. What a nightmare. Oh. <sighs> But at the same time, it's it's the dumbest, most amazing thing sometimes. Just because there's this weird mix of people trying way too hard to be funny and people who just don't care. And when they run into each other, you get the stupidest, most wonderful moments. Ugh. So you're here to plug me, Tom. That was that what you're? Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm. I, I, it's not official yet, but I am doing PR for me, Tom. So, so what's what's your favorite kind of bread? Okay. Well, if you have listener requests, please do send them in to typ at nintendoworldreport.com uh, or you can use the form that we link to in every episode of the podcast. Uh, send me your requests. I put them in my little file and who knows, you might use it next time or two years from now. Uh, you never know. And uh, with that, thank you all for listening uh, and I'll see you again some other time. Bye. Bye.
The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is copyright 1998 Nintendo. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trials and Tribulations is copyright 2004-2007 Capcom. Dragon Warrior 4 is copyright 1992 Enix. Radiant Historia is copyright 2010-2011 Index Corporation. Mega Man Zero Collection is copyright 2010 Capcom. All video game music and their official remixes are copyright their respective owners.